So that that was my attempt at a theme song. That was amazing. Since I'm too, I'm too lazy to do copyright, so I, why don't I just do a weird mouth version? I love it. Mouth I also version. love how little preparation you gave me for that. You're like, I'm gonna do something a little weird, and then you hit recording, and you went with it. It's just like trying not <laughs> to right. laugh because I didn't want to ruin your beautiful oh, no, you voice trumpeting. <laughs> yeah, that exa- That's what it was. It was a mouth trumpet. Yeah. That sounds less suspicious than a mouth thing uh, version of the Marcius. Sexual, that, which yeah. is fun. A mouth trumpet. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's not as bad as the word mouth feel, though. Villa. Right? That one's particularly like that. unappetizing. Also, I feel like the people uh, that <laughs> say mouth feel are always like pretentious about like wine or food it's or not, something. It's not good. Ha- have you seen the menu? No, but I've heard things, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, those There's types exact- of people. Very early on about this term, and it's 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 spot on. All right, so uh, yeah, this is uh, on the left. Uh, this is the beginning of season two. I arbitrarily ended season one just because here and by, and I didn't record anything new, so I figured that was a wrap. And I wanted to do something new because um, I, I did enough of the previous season one episodes, which if you want to check it out is uh, me talking to a bunch of my friends about what it's like to be on the left, personally, politically, uh, Economically, uh, which is not a word. What's uh, 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 the word that means? Ontologically, yeah. Uh, but today we're starting season two, uh, which I don't know how long it's going to be, but I knew the perfect person to have on oh, for the start, uh, which is my friend Jenna. Uh, because Jenna is a connoisseur, shall we say, of what we might refer to as, you know, I'll let you fill in that blank. Um, there's a couple ways, you know, I've described it. Um, non-prestige media, <laughs> I think is maybe the kindest. Non-prestige TV. That's so, that's so delightfully gentle, but also sad because you're dying. It's a definition that's a negative definition, right? But we're, mm-hmm. we're get, actually, I, th- I love that. We're going to get into that because I think that points to like exactly some of the stuff I want to discuss. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to kick us off uh, today in this discussion, um, by reading a story, it's uh, from two th- all the way from 2014 Ooh. from The Onion. And what year is it by right now? The, it's 2023. It's okay, so almost 10 years ago. Okay, it's great. almost a decade ago. Because in my mind, so, that's still uh, like four years ago. Ever fresh topic here uh, for those on the left. And by the, well, not even by the time I'm done reading the story by the time I'm done reading the headline uh, it's going to be really evident what we're going to focus on here today and I am going to go ahead and read the whole story because it is pretty rich with shit for us to unpack so I think it'll it'll get us going pretty well okay so the headline of this onion story is woman takes short half hour break from being feminist to enjoy a tv show (laughs) and here we go Mm. Portland Oregon Appropriately. I. Babe, could you get the dogs out of my office? They just wanted to laugh at the title, too. They also felt it. That's right. We're not. We're not editing that because we're not editing anything no. on this because it's not the kind Plus, of podcast. Everyone should get to hear your puppies. 
I know, right? I also find it funny. There's so many, you know, podcasts that thousands and millions of people listen to where they're like, oh, we're going to edit this and they never do. And I really appreciate that level of laziness. Um, Of course, I guess there's other stuff that they do edit that we don't hear because of that. And then you notice that when you've been listening for an hour and they're like, we've been talking for three hours. And I'm like, oh, fuck that. (laughs) I'm not doing that. So anyways, all right. Portland, Oregon. Saying that she just wanted a little time to relax and not even think about confining gender stereotypes, local healthcare industry consultant Natalie Jenkins reportedly took a 30-minute break from being a feminist last night to kick back and enjoy a television program. Jenkins, 29, told reporters that after a long and tiring day at her office, all she wanted to do was return home. All she wanted to do was return. I was making sure we were actually recording. Mm-hmm. Return home, sit down on her couch, turn on an episode of the TLC reality show, say yes to the dress, and treat herself to a brief half hour in which she could look past all the various near constant ways popular culture undermines the progress of women. Every once in a while, it's nice to watch a little television without worrying about how frequently the mainstream media perpetuates gender roles, traditional gender roles, Jenkins said before putting her feet up on her coffee table and tuning into the popular program that follows women as they shop for wedding gowns. Not, no mentally cataloging all the times women are subtly mocked or shamed for not living up to an unrealistic body image, no examining how women are depicted as superficial and irrationally emotional, and no thinking about how these shows reinforce the belief that women should simply aspire to find a man and get married. None of that. Not tonight. I'm just watching an episode of Say Yes to the Dress and enjoying it for what it is. Between 9 and 9.30, I'm not even going to take notice of all the two-dimensional portrayals of women as fashion and shopping-obsessed prima donnas, Jenkins added. That part of my brain will just be switched off. Jenkins confirmed that she watched contentedly for the entirety of the television program, telling reporters that she never once allowed herself to grow indignant as the adult, employed, and presumably self-respecting woman on screen repeatedly demanded to be made into princesses. (laughs) Princesses. Additionally, Jenkins acknowledged that she witnessed dozens of moments in the brides-to-be abandoned, in which the brides-to-be abandoned the notion that they should be valued for their personalities and intellects and instead seemed to derive their sole sense of worth from embellishing their appearance. Mm -hmm. However, she said that she was able to consistently remind herself that this was Natalie time and that the feminist movement could do without her for 30 minutes. Normally, I'd be pretty irritated at the thought of millions of people across the country mindlessly watching such a backward representation of what it means to be a woman in the 25th century, but tonight I'm just unwinding and not letting it get to me, Jenkins said. It's actually been kind of nice to push all the insinuations that marriage is the one to path for women to achieve happiness and fulfillment to the back of my mind and just lie back and have a good time. In fact, there was a part where one of the brides threw a tantrum because the dress she wanted was above her budget and then whined to her father until she finally gave in and bought it for her, and I just let myself laugh out loud, added Jenkins, noting that why she was fully aware that such depictions reinforce the notion of women as helpless figures who require a man to provide for them, she was, quote, letting all that stuff slide during this particular half hour. The show's actually pretty fun and entertaining if you ignore how damaging it could be to our perceptions <laughs> of gender in society. <laughs> Jenkins also reported, reportedly viewed roughly 10 minutes of advertisements throughout the show. 
This is the worst. Yeah. During which she reminded herself to actively tune out the numerous instances wherein feminine sexuality was used to sell products, the number of times advertisements preyed on female insecurity, and the sheer volume of bare female skin shown on the screen. Sure, I just watched several commercials that basically reduce women to explicitly sexualized objects whose sole purpose is to please men, but someone else can worry about that right now because I'm off the clock, said Jenkins, following a succession of ads for vodka, shampoo, and the Fiat 500. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even care that the yogurt commercial showed thin, beautiful women eating easily balancing home and work lives while eating 60 calorie packets of yogurt. Tonight, in my mind, they're just selling Greek yogurt. That's all. While affirming that she had fully recommitted herself to the cause of gender equality as soon <laughs> as the show's credits ended, Jenkins admitted she was already looking forward to the next time she could let herself disregard the many ways women are reduced to stale caricatures on national television. Honestly, it's pretty exhausting to call out every sexist stereotype or instance of misogyny in popular culture, so sometimes I just have to throw my hands up and grant myself a little time off, Jenkins said. And given the state of modern media, momentarily suspending my feminist ideals is the only way to get through a night of TV without ever becoming totally livid or discouraged. As of press time, Jenkins' sense of relaxation and contentment had been entirely undone by the first 30 seconds of two broke girls. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end. Okay. Jenna, mm-hmm. thoughts. thoughts? Oh, just thoughts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I can go first if I want you. Oh, no. But. I mean, I guess I'm glad that I pretty much don't watch commercials anymore. So at least mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with that aspect of the media that sometimes I choose to consume. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's painful. I still do watch a lot of commercials because of sports. Sport. I mean, so Logan and I have... Logan is my husband, um, and I have been watching more Kings games because um, we are both bandwagoners, but also we live in Sacramento. So can you ban? I don't know. I don't know how sports works. But sports commercials are so weird when you don't know anything about sports because like, <laughs> they have a <laughs> person that I know I'm, I'm sure is famous in the way that they are like contextualizing him. It's always a him also. Um, and I'm like, who is this man with the pizza? And like, why do I want to buy it? (laughs) Because he has it, you know, I'm like, and then I'm gonna be like, Oh, because he's an NFL player. I'm like, didn't know that. All right. I always also love how very rarely can they act particularly well. So it's always like watching your dad try to act or something. It's just like completely unbelievable. Sorry. Yeah. So sports are still a thing on commercial. And then you see all the other mainstream commercials as well because of sports. I mean, and particularly on ESPN, Mm -hmm. it's like a national audience. So it's like all the bullshit. And so I stay quite fluent in commercials, unfortunately, um, which... I always make these jokes about commercials when I'm discussing consumerism Uh in my classes and nobody ever knows them. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Young people don't watch commercials anymore. Are they still doing good for them? But that thing where they have like really thin women eating like really big, messy burgers. No. So that is so to early 2000s, (laughs) early 2000s. They're not doing that anymore. It was absolutely fucking bonkers. Um, More often now, what is so enraging about commercials is the the way they're always trying to make themselves woke. It just makes you want to put a bullet to your head. Like every conceivably evil industry and healthcare companies in particular, Mm -hmm. uh, and pharmaceutical industries and um, healthcare providers make me want to attack my 
television set because they market themselves, of course, as caring about human beings. Yeah. And I just, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, you make money off the fact that people get sick and die. Fuck you. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I would like to I would like to bring it back. Yeah. And, and uh, it took us on a bit of a tip. Just mention. But relevant. Though. Yeah. Um, that. Let's see how on top of it Iran is. Iran! Dogs are playing again in the office. They look very cute, though. They're romping. He's, he's on call. Um, yeah, it would be fine, but they're loud. So I really appreciate this Onion story because uh, I like I Say Yes to Address specifically. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen this show? Of course so I've can... seen this show. Okay, okay, right, right, right. <laughs> okay, so I can easily watch an hour, maybe two, and I have, of Say Yes to Address and, and do exactly oh, this. Yeah. Just, in, like, whatever. Just enjoy... I mean, for me, it's enjoyable because I like fashion and I like design. So I like to sit there and, you know, uh, be a critic mm-hmm. and have my opinions about these various dresses and, and whether they look good on these women and et cetera, et cetera. I, you know, like mermaid dress cuts. I just think there's ideas I, I don't understand. I do not understand mermaid cut dresses. And again, I'm taking us on a tangent, but I just, and so there are some, you know, well, first of all, everyone can pull off anything they want to pull off and that's fine. But I just, it just seems so constricting and I don't understand how you walk and like mermaids don't have legs. So I feel like it's not a right. good silhouette for people I guess with it's, it's the point. It's supposed to make it look like you have difficulty walking. Because <laughs> certainly would. Mm. I just, and I just don't like the silhouette. I just don't understand the super tight. And, and then the, the, yeah. You know, it looks like, it looks like, like something fell down or you spilled something and now it's all over the bottom. I don't know. Um, but what I do enjoy though is, is exactly what we just did, which is like, <laughs> use our my critical facilities faculties faculties you know um and my my pleasure my enjoyment i get off of being opinionated and even being you know a bit heavy-handed perhaps even cruel one might say about it um and something where there is literally nothing at stake yes right because if you're talking about anything politically relevant it's the fucking opposite and i think that's something that people on the left have a very hard time turning off in their brains which is precisely why uh you know we're having this entire conversation about guilty pleasures so by the way if you all haven't figured it out yet it's guilty pleasures uh, that we're talking about today uh, particularly in media entertainment consumption that is what the, word, uh, the wording i was yeah. trying to stay away from at the beginning because guilt i feel like guilty mm. pleasures implies that like i have like non guilty pleasures and really that's <laughs> really well, I mean, not well, it. I mean every once in a while I'll throw in you know like a well I don't know you like hanging out with your friends and having a good time oh yeah like that's in real life either. yes in media yeah 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 oh I see what you're saying okay right which is exactly why it's you're the right like person all sugar all the time mm, sugar so uh that actually is, is a good way to segue into a question I had for you. I just threw up in my mouth, which was <laughs> true story. <laughs> and swallowed it right back down. Out of you. Hardcore. Um, what would you rank as your guiltiest of guilty pleasures? Like, what do you think is like the sugariest of the, of the Ooh, sugar? Like, okay. I can answer this in two different ways. 
One is what is literally the worst like written or produced, just like not a, a well-made thing that I really enjoy or that's like really cheesy. And the other one is that like what I'm while I'm watching it, it, it I feel I do actually feel guilty. So I <laughs> <laughs> So these are two separate categories. They are two separate categories for me. Okay, let's take them one okay, by one. So the first one is, you know, just things that aren't Again, like prestige, you know? Yeah. We're talking... Non-prestige TV. Teen Wolf on MTV. We're talking... <laughs> uh, anything on the CW. We're talking yep, about the fact yep. that it's 2023, apparently, and I'm still watching the WB shows, you know? <laughs> so there's, okay. like, that kind of thing where it's, like, pretty cheesy, not well-written... Oftentimes, you know, from a, a critical lens, especially, you know, the farther back you go from now, the 20s or the, the aughts were not a good time for a lot the of aughts, things. That was the phrase I was looking yeah. for before. Yeah. Uh, you know. So Teen Wolf, maybe then. Yeah. In that category. Yeah. The other one is the fact that I love procedural shows. <laughs> and it is an issue. So luckily... Okay. Um, the USA Network, and I think about like 2009, 2010, came out with some procedural shows that weren't necessarily like positive portrayals of cops. Actually, just one, and it's mm-hmm. good notice. <laughs> and even then, he was an <laughs> ex CIA agent, so it's still not great. But like, still, I just like, I love a, the setup of a procedural where there's like one overarching story for the season, but then like each week, or each episode has, like, a different, like, mystery or something that they have to deal with. Right. And there's pretty much always right. a will-they-won't-they they couple, which is my jam. But the <laughs> issue with this yeah, is me that too. I like those most too. procedurals are law enforcement procedurals. Right. So, you know, like, last night, was I watching the show Castle? Yes. Which is both <laughs> a guilty pleasure and also, you know, maybe not. The most of prestige things. Um, but also, I think prestige is a little overrated. And sometimes people will say that they really enjoy things. And I don't understand how anyone actually, like, sat down and was like, this is what I want to do after, like, a stressful day of, like, living as a human being. Um, yeah. So. so, actually, it's interesting. We'll, we'll get into that maybe a little bit more in a bit. But I feel like you've said that a lot before. And I feel like that's so relatable and makes so much sense sort of uh, logically. Uh, but I think we're very different in that way. Like intuitively, it doesn't make sense to me. Like I, not every night, but most nights out of the week, like I'm like, yeah, let's sit down and watch something about the apocalypse. Let's sit down and watch something about injustice. That sounds just really engaging to me. <laughs> so and we'll get into that in a second, but, or in a few minutes, whenever we do. But um I did have a quick question. Mm-hmm. Does House count as a procedural show? I would say so. Be just because, like, yeah. just based on that. Yeah, so, like, I guess medical dramas are the other version of that. So, like, I would even because kind it's, of... Because it's always the same structure yeah. every single episode. So I would even consider, yeah. like, so, Grey's I- Anatomy or things like that as also sort of procedural shows. 
Yeah, medical dramas. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely loved House while it was on. Um, so, and whatever, House was this or that. It wasn't that bad, but it was kind of, it was a silly show. It was silly, but it wasn't, it wasn't very much a guilty pleasure. I would say for me, definitely uh, my guiltiest pleasure, even though I will immediately proceed to defend it and say I don't feel that bad about it but I do admit it's not entirely unproblematic is Project Runway Mm -hmm. I love Project Runway uh, because I like fashion and I like design but nonetheless despite all the attempts to be inclusive and of course like um, it's almost it's almost too much sometimes like it's almost um, I mean of course a lot of it is virtue signaling like liberal virtue signaling um, but sometimes it's almost like so much so that it achieves the opposite of what it's supposed to. Like there was a season when um, there was a death contestant and the absolute kind of like adoration and yeah, adoration and sugary, admir- you know, that they poured on top of this guy who was a good designer mm-hmm. for sure. But it was like, infantilizing and he didn't think so but it made me very fucking uncomfortable i'm like they keep saying you know this is we we love this and it's not because you're deafening it's because you're amazing designer and i don't think that that was untrue but it was also like just very uh what's cringy Mm -hmm. to me because i do think that they were you know you wouldn't treat someone like with such kid gloves and just be so teary-eyed so quickly about them if they didn't have a disability and they they completely treated him like that Mm -hmm. and I don't know I'm one of those I'm one of those people who who feels very uncomfortable when when people are just constantly on and on about how admirable disabled people are because if I was disabled that wouldn't make me feel like a normal person it would make me feel like a puppy dog but whatever Whatever. Uh, I'm so glad nobody listens to this show because otherwise I have no fucking clue what can of worms I just unopened there. But uh, so, I mean, there's elements of that in Project Runway. But of course, this fashion industry um, is really is really mm-hmm. the major problematic thing because it, no matter how much of this they do, and even though they have definitely improved on their body size, like acceptability, and they've had fat designers and they've had... Um, uh, uh, designers who design for women of all shapes and sizes, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and that's great. I have no problem with any of that. And they do t- tend to treat them like normal human beings, which mm-hmm. is nice. Not you know, not like special, fragile people. Um, nonetheless, it's still about the fucking fashion industry, and the fashion industry is evil, like it just is. And it still also is so soaked in this capitalist individualistic ethos uh like one of the judges that's on there right now is just this showboating asshole who just likes to make a big show out of being really hard on the different designers and being like you have to be tough to make it in this industry Ew, and i'm just I like those people the fuck up and of course he's a white dude and he's gay but like you know nowadays like <laughs> like that's like that's gonna make him less of a capitalist right it's just not um and it, yeah, and there, there's ton of that, like, um, positive thinking, um, work till you drop, um, if you put your mind to it, you will triumph, mm-hmm. um, ideology, productivity, bullshit, um, and it's gross, and I don't like it, and it makes me feel gross, um, nonetheless, it doesn't make me feel so gross that I even think twice about watching the show, because I love design, and I love fashion, 
um, in fashion. We haven't even talked about the production of fashion, which is the worst thing about it of all. Um, and they also sometimes touch on that. They have designers that are like, I only get my fabric from organic and free trade, mm-hmm. and that's good and everything. But at the end of the day, like the fashion industry is evil, and it's also uh, a form of design I adore. And in defense of the show, it does tend to be um, much more positive in terms of a spirit of uh, camaraderie between the contestants. Uh, They do not like, uh, they're not encouraged to undercut each other Mm -hmm. or to be nasty or mean, quite the contrary. Um, So that is, that is nice as well. And then there, of course, there's Tim Gunn, who's like an American fucking treasure and (laughs) one of the greatest people of all time, probably. Uh, You know, at least on the I did not know you felt this way about Tim Gunn. Oh my god, I love Tim Gunn. This <laughs> so you, you've brand seen of, again, of course I have. I actually We never talked about we, Tim Gunn. No, which is crazy. Um for all of like, you know, how much I espouse that, you know, I I like guilty pleasure stuff, I don't do a ton of reality TV. Really the only kinds I do are like yeah, the Project Run- Runway, the Say Yes the Dress, Great British Baking Show. I just, like, watched one about interior designers in, like, England. I don't do a ton of the, like... I don't really do any of The Bachelor or anything like that. I think because I like yeah, my should, love Yeah, we should have also had Emily on here, because she does do that shit. And thank you for bringing that up, because what I was about to say is that, like, you have your guilty pleasures, which I've always admired you for being pretty fucky act fucky pretty fucking unguilty about like you don't hide it and you like i think that i don't know maybe you acknowledge yeah. that they're problematic but you don't i don't get a lot of like calvinistic shame coming off of you about them you know maybe it's because i've been on tumblr since like 2007 <laughs> or something <laughs> so you're just inoculated yeah with okay yeah with this like uh you're inoculated against the shame of not watching yeah. prestige television yeah yeah, um, but then also, and, I mean, I and, think because also, you know, I, when there are better alternatives to like give me that fix that I need, I'm going to seek those out. Like I, you know, I think I talked about this last time I was on the podcast. I love romance novels, and I have loved them since I was like 15 years old. And sometimes I'll go back and read the romance novels that I was reading at that time, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is not. A- <laughs> A good understanding of consent. I don't think... This is very great. Yeah, I don't think that the author or any of these characters have talked to a person of color unless it's, like, Mm -hmm. in some way that, like, serves them. Um, And, you know, like, just... It's no good. And, you know, it's like, I I can't go back and read those anymore. Whereas nowadays, like, you know, romance novels, as I feel like I'm very, you know, evangelical about romance novels. Um, But, um, you know, one, the author base has become a lot more diverse. So a lot more people of color, a lot more queer writers. um, And then the stories that they write and the love stories in particular that they write are a reflection of that. Um, So I think it has, like, opened up quite a bit in the 20 years. How old am I? Yeah, like 15 years I've been reading romance novels. But I feel like maybe in some TV places that hasn't necessarily happened. I think because a lot of TV now is like, we're either a Marvel show or we're an HBO show. Or sometimes we get like a Netflix thing. But like, then that can go either way. So I'm like, 
if there was a procedural that wasn't cops, I would be so into it. And I thought I found like a so firefighter is- one, but then they were really into cops too and i was like okay well you know yeah firefighter worship and cop worship it's unfortunate because they're actually legitimate reasons to admire firefighters and they do like a legitimate job and they don't usually brutalize people Mm -hmm. uh in the course of their job but like just because of ideological reasons firefighter like worship and cop worship are all like they're very closely related incidentally and it's just unfortunate You know, that you can't appreciate firefighters without accidentally, like, uh, you know, uh, participating indirectly in some sort of MAGA-esque yeah. cop celebration. Maybe I need, like, um, a, pro- but I think you, a procedural, like, a vet I think clinic. you... <laughs> that would be fun for me. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> but I think you really put, like, the, the main, or you pinned the main issue here, which is that, yeah, in a lot of realms, romance novels... Um, a lot of other online communities, comic books increasingly, the, the medium is evolving in a way where there's a lot of middle ground, right? There's like, there is a lot of stuff that isn't like, hi, do you want to think about the Holocaust mm-hmm. tonight? Um, but also isn't like, you know, uh, uh, acting as if, uh, you know, we're still living in the 1990s and we all get to pretend like racism and sexism aren't a thing right and uh, only white people exist but in television it's much harder to find that in between Mm -hmm. right that in between place where we're not being asked to go to particularly dark places or or at least spend a lot of our time there uh but we're also not pretending that that we live in a world that doesn't actually exist hey or doing the thing that you mentioned about project runway which is trying to do diversity or wokeness or however, you know, we're talking about it in an such right. an inauthentic way that it doesn't actually right. like do anything for the causes that they are, you know, they again, they're just virtue signaling. It's not like they're like actually changing like right. the maybe they've got some more, you know, diversity in front of the camera, but a lot of times there's still none like behind the camera or, you know, in the whole script writing pro- and all of that good stuff. So it's like these right. are not authentic stories. So even the ones that are like supposedly less problematic still don't feel they don't feel good a lot of the times like cuz I'm like ugh. Right. Oh, she just said hashtag like, yeah, girl like- boss. I hate that. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hashtag girl boss is not a uh, a woke thing. Um Yeah, and it's it's interesting uh, just to pivot a little bit also to like romance, what that brings up for me. And I don't, I think we've discussed about this before, but then maybe, maybe not because I don't really remember um, like having effusions with you about it. Uh, probably after Project One Runway, uh, my most guilty pleasure is Outlander, the, the show. Um, and I don't really think Outlander is that bad, politically speaking, but it's more in the second category, or this first category, right, first, second, I don't remember. <laughs> first category, it's just, it's just kind of cheesy, yeah. it's just kind of like, it's a soap opera, right? Um, and I don't love it, but I like it. I like it well enough to keep watching yeah. it. Uh, and Claire is kind of, she is definitely a strong woman protagonist and all of that, so... Yeah, I don't, I don't think Project Runway is, or excuse me, Outlander is, is that guilty. But what I was getting to is that something I've noticed in myself, and so let me, whatever, in myself and other people, I'll, I'll completely like add to this con- this, this confession or add, like <laughs> to give it 
extra weight is that it's easy enough to say to yourself like oh okay so this this is a guilty pleasure this is problematic in this way or this is sugary trash but you know i enjoy it it serves its purpose for me and then sort of be fine with that and like mer- not have this conflict with your identity but then i notice when i find out about other people's guilty pleasures that it's harder for me to turn off that like you watch what or like uh-huh. really like how can you possibly stand that right um and you've also, though, seemed very good at not, I'm speculating here, but not having that knee-jerk reaction. But I definitely noticed that I do, right? So before I mentioned, like, I was kind of amazed when I first learned that, like, Emily loves to watch The Bachelor. Oh. Because, like, to me, it's unbearable. Like, it's just, I can't do it. I just, like, it. everything about it, it makes me want to scream. Um So even while, right, we all kind of joke about our bad habits or guilty pleasures when it comes to media consumption I know some of us at least just through being honest with myself have a harder time extending that empathy to others people's guilty pleasures and Emily if you're listening to this I fucking love that you watch The Bachelor I'm not talking shit like I think it's amazing because I don't know it's just like you don't give two fucks um and I give at least one. I guess that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, do you do you ever do you have you ever noticed that or encountered it? Like, where other people are like, either you are struggling with other people's viewing choices, or they're struggling with yours. Um. So, in terms of me struggling with other people's viewing choices, most of the times the things that I struggle with are like, you know, news that people watch and consume. So, like, someone's like, "I'm really into Fox. I'm really into." Luckily, I also don't. But that is these people. That is fundamentally exact. Yeah. So like those are the things. But like most of the time when people are talking about media, I mean, I don't. I try. I guess I'm not even like I try not to judge, and that you know, and like that way, where like it's very obvious that I, I, my first instinct is to judge, and my second instinct is to be like, oh no, we can let people have like what they want. Um, I guess I don't, I've never really thought about it before, but I don't think Mm. really. I think that means you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool. But now I'm wondering Um, if I should. Are there, are there other flags I should be aware of? No, I don't want to curse you with my snobbery. I don't, I don't at all even remotely want to do that. Um, I mean, it's funny, like, you mentioned you've been on Tumblr since the Audis, right? Um, and in the Audis, I was in undergrad and you were much younger right you were in high school probably early audience right you had to have been in high school because i graduated high school 2002 um i graduated high school 2009 right yeah. okay. i was like when did i do that okay. this is <laughs> i had a real hard time with right, years yeah um, and i feel like if you pick something up in those years it can kind of become integrated into your personality in a way where you're always going to have a, a much easier level of comfort with it. But we, but Tumblr didn't exist when I was in high school, and fan fiction didn't exist when I was in high uh, school. Girl, it was just starting it. to. Uh. <laughs> it was just starting to. It was like trickling onto uh, the internet. Yeah. Um, I did go to a message board for a soap opera I loved a ton, though, and, and I never thought the soap opera was high quality. I just had fun with it. Um, but I think... Yeah. Oh, I just was thinking, I was like, oh, I guess I don't judge people for, like, liking something. It's the level of liking that I will judge. <laughs> right, okay, so it's like, oh, you're watching this, and you're not watching it. Like, I watch it with the understanding that yeah. this, is, this is, like, escapism, 
candy. Yeah. If you're like, oh my gosh, I love The Bachelor. I'm like, great. Not for me. Because I got, I've already like fulfilled my quota of that. Um, So you have a great time. But if they're like, I love The Bachelor so much. um, Like, I think that these are like true love stories and like things like that. (laughs) I don't like, know if anyone thinks I'm that, hoping but, yeah, that, I but I have to imagine there's a couple people. Or, For you sure. know, like, with the whole J.K. Rowling of it all, like, I used to love Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And there's still, like, some love left over because it, that's a big part of the reason that I, like, got into reading some of the, like, it was a, a jumping block for me in a lot of ways. The gateway drug. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but the people, the adults in particular... Knowing what they know now that still make it, like, their whole personality Mm -hmm. is where I'm, like... They're still, like, organizing Quidditch tournaments. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Where, again, like, Uh, it's possible that, like, you you can do anything in... Or not anything, but you can do most things in a way that can either be problematic, can be somewhere in the middle, or can be, like, totally fine. And it's... So it's just, like, kind of hard to figure out until you talk to someone where they are on that spectrum. Absolutely. And as popular culture often misunderstands or political culture, whatever the fuck, Twitter, uh, that it's not a question like you don't have to totally reject something to be aware that it's imperfect and that that that's problematic in certain regards. There's no need for that. But maybe you do need to stop making it the basis of your self-esteem or whatever. (laughs) And I think also figuring out why someone likes something is also pretty important because like you like Outlander. I like Outlander. It's pretty. The people are pretty. I think it tells a pretty good story, you know. And it's good accents. Good accents. I'm having. There's lots of uh, you know homoeroticism, which I I always love homoeroticism. But then if someone's like, "Oh, you know who my favorite character is? Is it Randall? Who's that guy that's like really fucking terrible? Jack Randall. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Then you're like. The, the supremely fucking evil guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rapiest of rapey characters. Yeah, or like... He's not even rapey. He's a rapist. Yeah, he's a rapist. That's what he does. Or like... He rapes. You know, like, the people are like, oh, you're like Batman. I'm like, good, but you know, they've been, there's been some good movies, some bad movies, you know. Because you the can, Joker. Yeah, because the Joker. And then you're like, ugh. You know, so it's like... There's a basketball yeah. player. Yeah, I don't have no idea what t- what team he's on in the NBA, but we're just watching one night, and he has this huge tattoo of the Joker, the, uh, the Heath Ledger version uh-huh. of it on his arm, and Iran was just like, why would you do that? I'm like, I'm not... I'm, I wish I could bring some insight into that question, but I really don't know. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. And that also... Uh, Reminds me of how, like, Emily, for example, she watches and loves shows like The Bachelors for, like, the coolest, best reasons possible. Like, she takes looks at it from a sociological perspective and finds it hilarious and just, like, really rich with that kind of stuff, which it absolutely actually is, right? Even the stupidest and trashiest of shows, it's not like there's nothing uh, that you can learn from them that is not solely stupid and trashy. They're actually, I mean, whatever, they're, they're primary sources, they're cultural products just like any other so if you watch it like that and you can simultaneously have a sense of humor um about it which is you know some of us can't and and some of us are incredibly gifted with that 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 talent um then there's a lot you can actually get out of them in that way but um i was gonna say something i forgot but absolutely right um sort of motive and awareness right it's like bias in academia or bias in anything right if you're aware that you have a bias then that's actually the most responsible way to go about it it's the people who are not aware that they have a bias or not not aware that 
something that they watch might not be, you know, exactly a good roadmap for gender relations mm-hmm. or whatever. That is so frustrating, which, which brings me to another question is, is there kind of though, like a limit? Is there a point at which like the enjoyment of something is just inherently suspect? And so I'll give you my inspiration for this question, which is that I grew up watching a lot of Married with Children oh. because my father loved this show. And he still loves it. And to Iran's eyes, it's, and I totally agree from the perspective of today, it's like the most disgusting concept for a show we could possibly come up with, right? It's like white male grievance to the max. Like that is the premise of that show. It's incredibly misogynistic. It's incredibly sexist. It's incredibly anti-feminist. I mean, oh my God, right? So, you know... I mean, whatever, the funny thing, I did enjoy it when I was a kid, like it was, at least Al was well acted enough, everything, everyone else's caricatures, it's designed that way to make him the only one you're really empathetic with, him and the dog, of course. Um, Like if somebody told me that they loved Married with Children, even like if they 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 wouldn't be totally thrown off and and offended by my critique of it which like my dad for example would just be like i'm not gonna get in this argument with you and like go upstairs um like are we comfortable with that you know like is, is is there a limit to which like you can't watch it's it's suspicious if you're watching this even if you're willing to at least somewhat acknowledge that it's not great in certain regards or all regards even i definitely think so and like most of my answers to this question to the questions you've been asking and just my general you know lawyerliness i have multiple answers for you um so in (laughs) with regards to myself and how i you know take in media like i was talking about earlier there sometimes it becomes a point where what i was either at the beginning of what I was consuming it, I probably maybe didn't have any idea that it was bad or a little inkling. And then I was like, okay, I can still consume this, but more critically. And then I'll get to a place, you know, in my growth where I'm like, oh, this is something that I actually cannot square. Uh, that right. I that I cannot find any, any entertainment in anymore. And, you know, maybe right. there's some things right. that I should get to that place faster with, but... Alas, I'm, you know, where I am. Um, and you can only be where you're at also. I think that's that's also really worth pointing out here that if you enjoy a show, right, even even with the shortcomings, whatever, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do to force yourself to not enjoy it and nor should you because that's, that is just moralistic self-whipping that serves no, that helps nobody. Right. So there's that part of the answer. The second part is when consuming something is like actively, there's an amount of passive harm to a lot of this. It's like, oh, you know, like the procedural cop shows, they make it seem like cops are good. And like, so there, uh, there is like real harm that comes of that. And, you know, I'm maybe need to take a deeper look into that uh, in, inside of myself about how I feel about that. But then there's also like the, oh, me continue, the third way where it's like me continuing to consume this is actively harming people in like a really way that I can I guess see more which again maybe I shouldn't let it get to that point before I stop consuming things but you know where the actor the producer um is mm-hmm. actively harmful to the people around I'm gonna say him right because most right. of the time that is the case most of the time um it's him. where you know like continuing for- to support 
you know, like going to see these movies or watching these TV shows or buying these books is putting money into the pocket of someone that is putting out a predator. Yeah, that is a predator. Or, you know, like with fucking JK Rowling, where like she's using all this money to funding turf shit, which like is not something I can ever agree with. So I'm like, I cannot buy anything with Harry Potter anymore. Right. Right. I feel this way, for example, about Woody Allen. Oh, yeah. I've uh, Luckily, that came out before I, I was into it. So I've never seen a Woody Allen joint. And I'm very, very <laughs> pleased with it. That's really, what, because it's, I mean, I've seen plenty of Woody Allen movies. Um, and right around the time before, before it was really, really clear that, you know, he's a, a, a bad dude. Um, but we all should have already known that, basically. Right. Um Iran and I went to see Midnight in Paris and it's unfortunate because it's like I love that movie like and it's a total nerd movie it's such a good movie for academic I get it recommended to me types. so much because it's like history and art and I think I would love it but I just exactly. can't do it but yeah I don't, I don't think I'll ever watch it again like I'll just have it in my head and I guess I should be thankful that I saw it before like I'll, because now it's it's not even a matter of self-denial it's just like I literally can't I just can't get it out of my head. I can't watch this movie without thinking about this man and how disgusting and predatory he is, right? Um, so it is effectively ruined. And I think a lot of times in the liberal commentary and also on the left, you see this too about like this sort of this anti-cancelization rhetoric, right? They think, they don't, I don't think they don't always understand that. Like they're like, oh, you know, people are virtue signaling and saying that they don't watch this director's movies or this, they don't listen to this musician's music. Oh, I have a similar relationship with Michael Jackson, by the way, I just... Even when I'm enjoying the songs, because I can't help it, because mm-hmm. they're like in my brain, they've been in my brain since I'm a child. Like I still will always change the channel yes. if I have an option to, because I just don't want to. I just don't want to think about Michael Jackson. Um, but and that's what I think a lot of the critics don't understand. It's it's it's. I don't need to enforce it. Like what we're what I, what a lot of us are saying that like I'm not going to watch say Woody Allen films anymore is that I can't watch Woody Allen films anymore, right? And there's a big difference between I'm not going to, I'm going to deprive myself, and you shouldn't, and if you do, you're a bad person. That is a very different position from I cannot do this anymore, right? Like, he's canceled himself for me or whatever, right? Um, and that and that subtlety is often missed. But then what do you do with the problem if somebody says, well, I can still watch these movies. I can separate the two in my head. And so... they're saying and you're implying that you're superior and morally superior and more sensitive whatever person than me because you can't but then at the same time you could also reply well you're replying that you're more intelligent or critical thinker because you can do this compartmentalization right um and it's like such a mess because on the one hand you could say that we're both just being too paranoid and suspicious of each other's positions or motives Mm -hmm. but you know this is a classic move by me too also is that I just I think that that can be 90 or 80 percent of the case but I also think most of the time there is some of that right and I'm not going to deny that like yeah some part of me thinks that like there is something a little wrong with you that isn't wrong with me in this one regard because you think compartmentalizing like this is some sort of intellectual virtue and I think it's disgusting (laughs) so it's so rot right yeah well so then also like 
people's people's sense of self and everyone's completely normal desire to think that they're a good person now we're faced with i have to be able to justify this intellectually and critically and deny that it's just that that it's at least also if not just about my desire to feel like i'm a good person but in my mind that's fucking stupid because everybody desires to feel like they're a good person so that's always at stake in these discussions right like every you know most of the time the villain of the movie thinks that they're the hero you know, like, very rarely is the villain like, mm-hmm. I am the villain. Right. At least in, like, right. know, non-comic like comic book movies. Right. And you see that in the people who are absolutists on this question. Yeah. The people who are, who are you know, like, more worried about cancel culture than they are about, like, Ugh. you know, police brutality or whatever. You see that. They're, like, we're standing up for, like, critical thinking and freedom of speech and the value of art regardless of who makes it. And, and they they like have to cast themselves in that position, right? Because if they don't, how do they explain their own sort of intense reaction against what they call cancel culture to themselves, right? Talking about something that makes me inherently suspicious when I hear somebody likes it is the term <laughs> freedom of speech, just because people don't yes. understand how um, what that means. From like a legal perspective, I mean, they're like, they're canceled. This is like, uh, a, you know, infringement on their right. And I'm like, is the government canceling them? Because if not, then you need to like, make <laughs> exactly. it. But that's like a, that's just like a, again, exactly. like a multiple years of constitutional law, which again, you know, the constitution itself is like and bad I, media. I really but, appreciate know. that. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, because that's I mean, what it means. That's where I always go to. And so I'm, I'm glad that, that that logic is in fact grounded in law school four years of law school wherever the fuck you have to go three years three years of law school because that's always that's that's always what i've been to i'm like what the fuck are you talking about we're not throwing them in jail what are you whining about like but whatever yeah but then but then again i think however of course i know as a historian that oppression is not purely legal and so yeah. yeah shaming and social shaming is a form of oppression but then we get into discussion of isn't aren't some things worthy of shaming and like, I do like think a that society that. without shame yeah. never existed and it's totally fine to shame shit and people for being this and that and and whatever we're we're running astray because everything's connected yeah. everything's connected well, but like, shaming, but then also yeah. just like People often think that cancel culture is like when you just choose not to consume something like you were talking about earlier. They're like, oh, well, you're canceling them by not like actively seeking out their media, which I don't think is correct. Because that's just one. You wouldn't say that I'm like canceling a band that I just am like, not my jam. You know? Because you don't listen yeah. to them. Right, exactly. Well, but also, thank you for making that point, because this gets me to a, a, a great segue into what I think is my biggest takeaway from all of these conundrums, right, of being human and also wanting to be entertained <laughs> and wanting to have a fantasy life, which is completely fucking legitimate, um, which is, I think, the, the fundamental problem with uh, uh, the elements in leftist culture, which absolutely exist, of feeling like we should feel ashamed or shaming others purposely or, or not on purpose for for their entertainment choices is that it posits a politics of consumption, right? Uh, it posits that uh, what we choose to watch or listen to is actually going to make a huge fucking difference in the world and therefore what we sit down and decide to unwind with at the end of, like as you put it, a stressful day 
uh, is actually going to make a larger difference, which is the myth of individualism and the myth of consumer activism, because it's not really right. Not number one, it's not going to actually make that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. Number two, at least not in any way that is ethically suspect or or incredibly impactful, right? Um, Number two, uh, it's it's actually not all about you and whether or not you're virtuous, right? And any politics that just primarily encourages people to sort of uh, hone their own self-image to be as, you know, as virtuous as possible is not one that will keep their focus where it belongs on, like, everybody fucking else, because that's what politics is about. It's about all of us. It's not, and it's about human beings being human beings. It's not about... Uh, you know how fucking great you are or aren't, right? So I, to me, that's the num- that's the biggest problem with any sort of inclination or tendency to impose guilt or shame on ourselves or others. Uh, is that it, it? It just feeds into this politics of individualism and conceptualism, which is the opposite of the direction we want to head, right? And we also want to have empathy with people. That's the other thing is like, people like my dad will listen to this conversation perhaps. It'd be so hilarious if he actually ever did that. Um, I love you, Tommy. Thank you for paying attention to things that are important to me. Anyways. Um, he learned it from married with children. <laughs> I actually have never and, seen uh, that, so I don't anyway. know if that guy's a good dad. I'm guessing not. Oh my god, married with children, holy shit. I mean, he is a good dad. In spite of it, it's absolutely amazing. But that's a whole nother can of worms. But uh, he would listen to this and be like, you guys just take everything so fucking seriously and you ruin fun. You know, like, leftists are no fun. They're always, like, raining on everyone's parade. And, of course, there's tons of problems with that for a million reasons. uh, But I do think that, you know, there is a grain of truth in it. And sometimes, like, we go too far, right? Or we we make people feel ashamed unnecessarily because maybe, you know, they love to watch sports and and you think sports is like, I don't know, for the masses, which is which it is and which is weird. You should be like snobby about that because if it's like your be socials are leftist, you should masses. be empathetic toward, right? It's like you should be you, this is another wrinkle yeah. in a lot of this stuff. It's like why are you why are you ragging about only watching prestige TV if you like you're you're supposed to be in a politics that is empathetic with with how like the most common qualities across people right so that's a whole other fucking problem but i know a leftist like this is always shitting on sports and just loves to do it and loves to even like sort of gloat at people on social media for like that's right i'm shitting on sports because they're fucking stupid like that's equivalent to what they're saying and i'm always like what are you doing like, you're better than this. Like, first off, there's lots of fucking reasons to enjoy sports. It's absolutely amazing, and, and it's a central part of the human experience. But also, like, even if you don't like sports, it's fine. What are you, what are you doing? Why? What purpose does this serve? This is actually really just makes the circle of people who maybe feel comfortable identifying or having a conversation with you smaller, or it makes leftists that already exist, you know, just feel a little bit more alienated. There's just, there's just no point to it. It's fine if you think that in your head, whatever. Like, God knows I have tons of snobby thoughts all the time about various things. <laughs> but think before you fucking put this shit out there in a community that should cast its nets as widely as possible, you know? I don't know. I think, I mean, the main question for me most of the time in either the media I consume or the media that I, you know, snobbishly judge others for doing so is, like, <laughs> what what harm are you participating in? So, like, all the cop right. shows that I watch... They've been off the air for probably about 10 years. So, like, it's probably not good that I'm still watching them. And I know that. But I'm not, you know. Well, this is, what I, this yeah. is an excuse I sometimes give myself. 
that like if if somebody from like what's the fucking company I forget that does the polling calls yeah. me and asks me what I watch like nobody actually knows you're watching it unless you tell yeah. them <laughs> like, I just won't tell a polling company that I watched it. but it's also like not <laughs> anyway. telling you know the streaming ex- streaming has made yeah. that totally illegitimate but it's not yeah, telling the executives streaming. you know or it's like not paying the people I don't know and maybe this is again just a lie that I tell myself but also like if someone you know and again I'm I'm pretty active online I try to not be like chronically online because then twitter is just like a terrible place to be for many many reasons um but if someone was like oh you watching that is harmful right to me just because it makes me feel bad that you watch that because like it's not a good portrayal of like me or my community or you know because someone Mm -hmm. in it Mm -hmm. is that's starring in it is like has done negative things and like by watching that actively preying on yeah. people yeah then i would be like people, yeah. oh my gosh not not my intention obviously but like once i heard that i would have to stop and again it's not on it's not on those communities to have to be like tell me individually to stop but like if i if i saw you know again i read enough if, and i listen to enough podcasts about media that if i'm like oh my gosh i that was a great argument or a great point about the harm that people are causing by continuing to consume this, then I will not do so. Um, But then the same thing with like, who is it hurting? And is focusing on this thing that, you know, probably isn't hurting that many people drawing your attention away from like very real harms that are happening. Right, right. Why is this where you are using your energy and your space Exactly, and, your, you and know, that gets into that sort of like politics as, as consumption, it. right? Yeah, and on virtue signaling yeah. and trolling people, right? There's just no reason to just be a dick about things randomly. And that, yeah, exactly. It's, I think that kind of speaks like, to this this person, this friend that I yeah. have who is great, except they have this tendency to shit on people for watching sports, and I'm like, why? Why are you randomly wanting to be a dick about this? Like, what is that accomplishing? That's my main uh, thing in life. I'm just, like, trying to not be a dick. And so, yeah. you know, like, in the media <laughs> I consume and, like, in how I'm talking to other and people. not being a dick means you need to, like, fucking... You do need to fucking chill the fuck out yeah. sometimes about some things, right? Because, uh, and it, like you said, it's... You have to take each case and ask questions about uh, harm and... and you know, relative to to your need to uh, fucking turn off your brain uh, for, again, for like, 60 minutes or whatever it is. The world is a really hard place. Right. And I don't know, like, why we're trying to, one, make it harder for other people, especially people that we say that we are in line with and supporting. And then also, like, again, like, I don't know why you would deny yourself something that gives yeah, you like, like a why would you... pleasure that like if it's not again why would you deny yeah. yourself good food exactly right? like you know I'm having... because it's processed yeah. or whatever i mean unless you're gonna keel over and die from eating processed food once but that's never the case it's just we have this moralistic you know a, a, yeah it, a thing attached to certain consumptions absolutely and then also like so so much thinking which again, I know is a dumb thing to say, but like sometimes I just don't want to think, and like that—that that doesn't mean I'm not engaging with a... something critically. Like I can still do that right. while also. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, off. 
I, I can watch Proud yeah. Runway and I'm totally engaging critically the whole yeah. time. It's just my critical engagement is along the lines of like, does that look cute <laughs> or beautiful or whatever, right? Uh, and it's it's really refreshing. It's kind of like a brainwash yeah. to use those facilities about shit that really doesn't matter. It feels really good. Um, yeah, I think, like I mentioned before earlier when we started recording, I think I am... You and I differ uh, considerably in terms of like what we feel like watching at the end of the day. But first, I think the major reason for this is you have an actual job (laughs) (laughs) that actually wears you down. I have a job. Sure. I talk at people about shit that I think is interesting uh, for like an hour and a half and then I stop. Yeah, it's really it's really hard on me. I'm no whatever. Grading is hell. This is Ugh, true. Okay, true. but I'm not grading all of the time. Like you have a job that you do for hours consecutively on end the majority of weekdays, right? Which is not something that I have, and so that gives that frees up a lot of space in my brain to be like, you know what? I have the energy and even the desire to think about like profound shit. And if you're thinking about profound shit, it's always kind of hard, usually most of the time. Well, unless you're thinking about puppy dogs and animals, in which case it's great. But they're the most profound um, because they have all the love. That's right, exactly. (laughs) And and because like in their eyes is the universe. Oh God, another episode. But um, so that's the motivation. I just have a lot more mental energy at the end of the day. Um, But also I'm just a fucking freak that, I love to be emotionally stimulated and the best way to emotionally stimulate me is to think about or engage in things that are really fucking important. And so, or, or dramatic, you know, like maybe not everybody likes apocalypse shows like the last of us or whatever, but I really enjoy it because it's really intense and it's really like all of the fundamental questions that face mankind. And most people are like, Oh my God, I can't handle that right now. And I'm like, fuck, give it to me. That's what I want. See, I also right now to feel alive. Love the last of us, but I'm like, Oh, these connections great, people right? are making. <laughs> so like we're right? even the it's same great. property we can come at with like different things that we enjoy and look for. And then also so actually oh, sorry, go hold on, we gotta stay okay. there because I didn't intend to do yeah. this today. How felicitous. But I just read a New York Times uh, article or essay if whatever uh, today arguing uh, that The Last of Us is a fundamentally conservative show Mm. um, and not shaming people for it. They're like, I still enjoy the show and everything. But of course, like to some degree, people are going to feel like you're shaming them if they identify as liberal or leftist. And what's funny is I actually agree with a lot of their arguments, but I also disagree with others. They basically point out the last episode. Have you seen it? The most recent episode? The Cooper Bill? Yeah. Yeah. So they point out that this is a suburban fantasy he has and that, you know, he was paranoid that the government would become fascist and they did become fascist. And so this is like taps into all this anti-government stuff. I went on Facebook and I wrote this thing that I'm like, look, like, yeah, definitely there's some classically conservative themes in this, particularly the whole stuff, the whole thing where like, you know, him and the main character, Joel, are like the protectors of the week. Uh Like, that's bullshit. I didn't, I didn't, that made me uncomfortable when I watched it. But on the other hand, it is not necessarily conservative to be suspicious of government. And I hate this liberal commentary always does. It's like, anarchists are a thing, leftist anarchists are a thing. 
they're not all just angry young white boy libertarians. They have like their own fucking history. And by the way, the vast majority of heinous like crimes against humanity have been committed by nation states. It is not fucking inherently conservative to imagine a world in which the American government and military becomes fascistic. Are you kidding me? That's not fucking far fetched at all. So that was my problem with that. Yeah, I mean, like uh, I could I could see the argument. I would yeah. like to read the arguments, except the New York Times is behind a paywall that I refuse to get behind oh do not pay it so i I do pay but i i have a subscription to the new york times because it's literally like the richest source for what i study which is like the liberal ideology of our times right so it's almost like all i would have to do is read the new york times (laughs) because it's just like a pure distillation of this pretty problematic that you're (laughs) (laughs) i pay for the new york times that's actually where my line is of suspicion it's It's so funny yesterday i wanted to use a recipe and that they they advertised in their food section and so i clicked to it and i found out you have to pay a whole nother like fucking 25 bucks to get their their like cooking their cook section where they had talk uh, and they have all their recipes and i was like fuck you i'm only paying you for what i absolutely need for my own research and then i looked up the recipe online and got it somewhere else because i was like you've got to be fucking kidding me i'm not giving you any more of my money i'm certainly not getting up to like learn how to make a japanese noodle thing i can totally find somewhere else but anyway so i mean it kind of comes full circle with with that commentary on the Last of Us, which is totally fine. Like, if, like that's what makes TV shows fun. Fun. Like, let's debate the politics of these yeah. things, but also like interesting. You know uh, how people have these different reads. Um, which again, on, it's like on why the politics of something. I have such a hard time of like people being like, "Oh, I really like this thing," and then being like, "Oh, then I don't. I think that you're a bad person right. for liking that." Because again, it's like, right. why do you like it? It like, has to be really unambiguous. Yeah, like right? why it does it really, speak to yeah. you? Like, which are your favorite characters? Which is the plot? Point? and lines that you like so it's just like most can can we have that conversation some night we're hanging out all about Piggy Blinders you can just interview me about it because I really need that in my life right now (laughs) I I mean we can make that happen (laughs) um okay so before we wrap up um before you mentioned CW shows and I had to ask you this question because the other day Ron and I or Ron was when I were watching sports or something it was on the TV and then the sports thing was over it was like on one of these main channels and the show that came on next it was like early in the day is it was this fucking weirdest thing I'd ever seen uh-huh. it was a show about Chucky the doll oh. do you know anything about this no. show Oh my god. There's like multiple Chuckies. There's like a woman in a like Catholic school who like takes care of the Chucky and she's like evil. There's these other people who get possessed by him. It was so fucking hilarious. I couldn't believe it was real. And I'm like, you know what? This is like trash at its finest because it's like so ridiculous that I'm pretty sure it's self-satirical and it almost borders on brilliant. Like I'm not going to go watch the show because it's a talking doll and that's like stuff of nightmares. Mm. But I did watch it a bit that day walking by the TV a couple times. I couldn't believe it was real. It was really amazing. And, uh, you know, the world does need, needs, needs, there's a place for that in our world. You know. Even, a, even in a socialist utopia. Good for that. There's a place for a trash TV show yeah. about Chucky. God, <laughs> Multiple I, uh, Chuckies. I mean, yeah, in my. Fighting each other. In my socialist utopia, there's still trash TV. Oh, 100%. Oh, my God. Like, because what kind of world is that? We don't want to live in a world that, like, just has no. Well, because also. No fucking, like, 
humanity yeah. in simple pleasures, you know? Simple pleasures aren't bad. They're good. And also, I think it's off. So when I want to engage, you know, with, like, actual, like, theory or critical thinking or, like, things like that, I like to read that. So I, I read that mm-hmm. in, you know, various books that I have, including some that I get from lovely friends that they loan to me about Irish revolutions. Um, but for some, just like what I'm watching most of the time, because also most of the time I'm watching something, I'm also doing something else. So it's just, you You're know, there's, yeah, and there's, right. there's just different mediums for different things. And just because you like something in one medium doesn't mean you like hate it in the other or, you know. Just because you only watch serious shows doesn't mean you're a good or a serious person. It just means that you're, like, right. subscribing to, like, shitty things. <laughs> like, to, yeah. like, a lot also, of stuff. I don't I know. Like, but also, I like, guess good for those people. I feel a lot of pressure know. to watch too much TV these yeah. days. It's, like, there's just too fucking much. In there. And there's too much good stuff, even. That has just, been God a real damn it. Show. Like, can we just have really only, like, five shows per year that that any intelligent person would enjoy or what the fuck ever or or they don't even have to be intelligent or any normal person would enjoy because this is i this is too much and so i watch tv but i also i just don't watch as much as as a lot of people do which oh fuck i hope doesn't sound like virtue signaling because it's totally oh, i just not. assume it's because you <laughs> when you do a lot of live stuff or a lot of tv stuff it's often sports yeah, well, that that is another reason. And for Iran and I, sports is w- what we watched it to give our our critical brains a break, so give, right? Or give just, our it's just give the part of our brains yeah. that are are contemplating the impending rise of fascism a break. What right? works for um, you is it's what, actually sports is very yeah. effective at turning that off. Okay. What works for you is what works for you, and that's just like it's just different for everybody. But also, again, Absolutely. so people need to care less about things that don't matter. Absolutely. Uh, which I guess includes, uh, so, so by the way, you shouldn't have listened to this podcast if you got all the way to the end. <laughs> you did. All right. Thank you so much, Jenna. And uh, I have a feeling we'll talk again uh, because you're kind of good at this. Oh. I like <laughs> thank you. I love talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye. Love you.